Greetings, everyone. I am going to give um, the space um, a few moments to populate while I put some things in the uh, nest um, and in the jumbotron. And I see we have uh, Carrie, who is here and eager to speak. Can't wait to hear from you, Carrie. Just give me um, a moment, if you will, please. Um, and uh, while I am putting some things in um, the nest, um, I want to welcome you guys here to um, Advocacy Arena, the place where we are bringing awareness uh, to important issues and topics that are going on in our society. And I'm looking forward to uh, having some great conversations around some good uh, topics today with you guys. And Soul Sister, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say hello while I find um, some of the things I want to start out with. And uh, so glad to have you back. Glad you're feeling better. And um, can't wait to uh, have you join in the conversation with us today. Hi, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much, Dee, and I'm happy to be back, happy to be feeling so much better. Um, there's so much going on. It is a little bit um, disconcerting at times, you know, you you keep reading about uh, all of the offenses that the GOP is definitely trying to commit against America's families and, and working people. And um, it can get you down in the dumps, but spaces like this um, that offer up valid and reliable information, uh, opportunities to strategize and have meaningful discussions is uh, what makes, I, I believe, what makes this app keep, keep trucking along, you know, even if it's on crutches. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I love that, even if it's on crutches. Yep. Even if it's on crutches. We are here. Yes. We are here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and again, like I said, can't wait to um, kind of get our conversation uh, started today. And a couple of the things that I want to bring awareness to, I've already put them up. Um, I put uh, there's going to be a space later today where uh, Renee and Mark will be hosting and uh, looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, I'm sure uh, one of them um, will likely come in to share with us about it. And um, so uh, more opportunity to have some great conversations this afternoon, which I am looking forward to. And one of the things that... Um, I uh, am putting in the Jumbotron is um, that uh, Jen Pesky um, had her first show, um, I think this weekend, and, and it was great. And one of her first segment was let your woke flag fly. And I just loved it because I had done a tweet before I had seen that. And it was in my so perfect. Yes, and it was in, remember when we had our pub quiz last week? That was in there. That was yes. one of the terms. Because I, what I want us to do, like I feel like what we're doing here in Advocacy Arena in this space and our conversation is helping people to stay woke, you know, because what Absolutely. what is it to be informed, educated, and conscious or aware 
of social injustices or racial inequalities. So I don't see that as being a bad thing. But, um, you know, like I said, they have uh, made a habit of taking a good, wholesome um, terms and co-opting and perverting them like patriotism and Christianity. And I just refuse to let this woke. I mean, I don't let the others go either because as a veteran, I certainly don't allow them to claim that um, with any, you know, without any pushback um, or Christian, you know, because I'm that too. So um, I um, am going to go ahead and let Carrie uh, share with us, um, say hello, see what's on her heart, because I'd also like us, I know there's going to be so much conversation today around the pending indictments, and there will be plenty of time to talk about it. And what I don't want to do is to spend a lot of time hypothesizing because, you know, actions are imminent, you know, not just with that case or others. So I'd like us to speak to the actions, um, and um, kind of talk about and keep our conversation focused around there. What I would like us to kind of do here in this space at this time and take an opportunity because, you know, mainstream media is going to be proliferating, you know, with all of this stuff uh, because it's sensational. Uh, but while they're doing that, we have 22 states that are super majorities for Republicans. And they are very, very busy um, churning out legislation that is very fascist or um, authoritarian in its leanings and um, very harmful. And that is something that I would like us to continue to bring awareness to because um, it's important because these are the things that uh, I hope will keep people motivated to vote and understand why it is necessary and to recognize the clear and present danger that they form and the patterns, to see the patterns. Because when you take these things one at a time, it's like, oh, they're awful there. Oh, that that's only happening there. It's so awful what they're doing there. And the thing of it is, is that they um, are doing it everywhere. And sometimes it takes us to bring, you know, to shed a light on that and to bring those things out. So um, I'm going to stick a pen in, in my thoughts while I put some more things up there, but looking forward to uh, having Carrie share with us. And I uh, encourage you guys to um, share, retweet the space, um, invite others in to the conversation. And um, we're going to get started today with Carrie. Hey, thank you, Dee. Um, just three real quick things. Uh, one, Soul Sister, welcome back. I am so glad you are feeling better. And 2D, thank you so much for keeping us abreast of the important things going on, such as those 22 states that have a supermajority. And in Nebraska, we're one Republican seat in our unicameral away from a supermajority that we're always trying to keep away and is very hard. And three, I'm always playing with algorithms. So I just wanted to talk and say, hey, everybody, to um, for anyone who's following me on all tweets, because my lovely little avatar shows up saying I'm speaking in the space and they might come on in. That's all. And I got to head out as much uh, 
many times I do uh, at this time of day, I'll have to pop in and out because of other things. But thank you so much for having the space and for everybody connecting the dots and and uh, getting out the information. Just appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carrie. I am so glad um, that you did take um, uh, some time out of your day, glad and, and grateful and humbled um, by your coming and sharing and participating in our conversation. So thank you so much. And um, looking forward to you know having you back um, and sharing with us whenever you can. And uh, up next, I have um, Crystal, and I've also brought Danny up, and I'm trying to uh, put an interview um, in uh, the space that I, a wonderful um, advocacy arena interview that I had with Dana, Danny and um, Donna. So uh, Crystal, how are you today? I am doing, hey Dee, hi uh, so sister, glad you're feeling better. I'm actually celebrating my birthday week. All right, so all right. Yeah, Tuesday is the day, 53 years. Okay, well so happy birthday. Me. We want to help you. Happy birthday. We want to help you celebrate. <laughs> yes, and the, uh, you know, the Trump thing is helpful. <laughs> I mean, what uh, a birthday wanted- present, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, um, Texas and with the elected school board and what's happening. Um, Isaiah Martin has been he's running for council in Houston and uh, he brought up this issue and turns out that Sheila Jackson Lee has a letter and um, that you know, Congress critters need to sign on to. So what I've done, I'll put it up in the, um, in the uh, chat in a little me in the jumbotron, but it is in the chat, but what is happening? And you've seen this in, in Florida and you also seen this in um, Georgia as well, that Republican majorities are trying to take over uh, and remove elected officials. So we saw that in Georgia um, with some of the commissions and, uh, and it's spreading. So whatever they don't like something, they will, the state will try see it in Mississippi. The state will try to take, will work to take it over. We saw that in Michigan with the emergency, um, management disaster mm-hmm. that happened. Right. There's so a pattern. <laughs> there's a pat. there's a big mm-hmm. pattern. And so it's happening where they're tr- uh, trying to take over the uh, school board of Houston. They were moving them and placing their own people in there. And this is important because, um, you know, at one point I ran for, um, in 2010, uh, PG County uh, Council. And um, and I know people, who <laughs> they, they can probably find me by then. Uh, the importance of the uh you know, looking at a county's budget and a city's budget, two thirds of it is education. They control a lot of money and you cannot allow those seats to go vacant. You have to elect and they're finding, you know, and if they're not getting their way, the state is trying to take it over and they're 
really trying to take over black and brown cities. Those are like uh, the, the, I feel like that's like the low hanging fruit, the easy ones for them to target to begin, just like they do with the LGBT rights. Like it's easy for them to take those rights away because they don't affect as many people. So um, they don't, you know, get the pushback, but you're absolutely right. And I'm sorry for interrupting, but you're, I'm oh, loving no, everything no. you're saying. And I want us to talk about these things. Yeah. And, and, and that's no problem at all. Um, because when we look at their, but when you look at a county's budget where, you know, your streets are paved, et cetera, that's uh, two thirds of that money in some cases, like in Prince George's County, Maryland, was uh, allocated to education. So it the E Education Board was very important in that in that in that sense. I mean, it really targets everything from school lunch shaming, <laughs> making sure your kids have food to eat, and now Texas uh, Texas is trying to take take over that. And and Texas is uh, they sell out the crap. You know, they tell the publishers what they want to see. You see that happening in Florida. And that that crap goes out to other states. Absolutely. Okay. They, they, they and, replicate it. And when you speak about the, the budget of school boards, um, I think that's an important point that we need to keep making. Because, again, um, not because she's my cousin, but because it's a real life example that you're all aware of. The seat that my cousin was running for, the county commission seat, um, they expanded it so they could get more Republicans on there. But that um, particular commission um, controls the budget for the county, basically, and certainly mm-hmm. the school board. And what did they do? Um, they haven't even been there a year, but um, they at the same time they had those elections, they had a school director um, elections. And uh, the person that won, people have known her for a long time. She was a, a good lady, you know, and unfortunately, she died before she ever got to take office. So what did they do? Just like in the case with my cousin, did they do the democratic thing and hold an election or maybe even just take the person who came in second, which would have been another cousin of mine. Okay. Um, They didn't do that. They actually wrote in a name and just appointed him, someone who didn't even run for the board. So again, like I said, I like to have these real life examples, but continue it is so important. And, and it, it is very important. And you already, and the VP already spoke about Florida. They're trying to erase the race of Rosa Parks. And now the publishers are going back. Oh no, 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 we didn't say that. But back to Texas, Isaiah Martin, uh, talked about an easy way to um, to connect with your Congress people is on IG. Um, I have a link to that in the chat. You go in, you know, you go in in the comments and uh, you tag your Congress critters to Sheila Jackson Lee's letter to um, uh, Secretary Cardona because a lot of that money comes from the federal government so the federal government has a say 
and what happened. Thank you, Crystal. So, Can I ask you to hold up just one moment when you're saying that? That yeah. is so important because we need to find out where these initiatives, where we can add our voice to, are taking place. And if they're not, we need to create some because, in part, this is how the right has taken over a lot of things because, again, I keep reminding people they are a minority, but they are a very loud minority. And when I say loud, I don't mean just out protesting and violent, although they had that propensity, um, but they also write um, their, um, you know, whoever is involved, their legislatures and, and you know, they, they just pound them with letters and phone calls. And we have got to be that busy especially with the things that um, they are doing that are blatant, you know, um, egregious, harmful takeovers or changes. So I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, no problem, because this, again, you know, uh, it really piggyback off what I'm saying. And, you know, we have to start targeting, um, you know, just like uh, Isaiah's, mentioned Sheila Jackson Lee's letter and 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 making that target uh, Secretary Cardona uh, VP talked about it and the publishers are uh, on the book side with uh, Rosa Parks and the publishers backed off so if you get a chance take a look at the link make sure you attach your Congress critters name on it and if you can call that's fine but if you want to tweet about it, you know, and tag their name on uh, Twitter. Uh, so if you want to take Isaiah's uh, video, which I also linked to, and, and quote tweet it with your congressperson's name, because they affect everybody else. That's why California told the publishers, nope, we don't want their books. So did Illinois. And, and many other blue states are like, heck no. But we have a lot of black folks who are located in the South who are impacted by what the publishers do to erase us. So I just wanted to bring that up. Thank you for letting me come up. And y'all have a great day and happy um, Arrestmas. Amen to that. Yes. Uh, happy arrest eve. Yes, for sure, for sure. And like we don't know the date. He don't either, but I, I am here to celebrate it whatever day um that it comes. But I wanted to add something to what you were talking about regarding the uh the Texas school takeover. Because again, this boils down to money and control. Um, because um I have watched numerous clips of legislators and, and uh, people who are on the school boards and things, they're fighting back against this. And, you know, I, I, what I found interesting is that the um, right wing leaning people who want to take it over, uh, one of the things that they kept um, inciting was uh, we want to take care of, we, we want to ensure that they are in Formed and not indoctrinated. We want to stop the indoctrination, you know, which I feel is projection, um, and uh, curb some of these behavioral problems, which makes me very frightened because um, they have a propensity to uh, um, label our children as criminals and problematic. And what uh, they were doing 
prior to this actual takeover already, which is probably going to go in warp speed now, is like uh, someone leaves um, a school system. They, you know, they invite them and encourage them to come over to these charter schools, which they are proliferating, of course, here in my state and the same in other red states. And that money moves over with the student. And uh, so the student goes over there, the money goes, and uh, maybe the student is not exactly what they want, you know. And sometimes in cases they may they may know that up front, but there is another catch to this because what happens is, you know, it didn't work out so well, so we, we can't keep you here. And they send the student back to the other school or out of school, period. But what happens to the money, it stays there in that school. And they are talking about these schools being um, mismanaged, um, but they don't talk about how they're underfunded. They have not been funded. And I have to find the article because uh, they're trying to do the same thing here with TSU, which is a state-run college and HBCU. Um, and I'm sure they're very, very mad because, you know, the uh, there's a Black woman who is a divine nine member um, in charge. And, you know, she had the audacity to invite Madam VP Harris to give the commencement last year. I'm sure it got so under their skin. And so now they're trying to take over that school, claiming mismanagement and all of these things. But, you know, why is it mismanaged or what? I mean, they're doing the best they can, but it has been underfunded for decades. This is what they do. So you got your hand back up. I'm going to let you go again and then go to Danny and invite anyone else up who wants to join in the conversation with us. Uh, just a note, I put everything in the Jumbotron. And uh, also there's a young lady who was uh, the youngest lawyer, uh, young black woman. She's running for state um, education board, I think. I think her name is Haley. So I'm going to try to find her information. I was hoping I would find it before you come back to me. <laughs> but make sure you support her um, in her run. Because the more people we get on these school boards, because that's where a lot of people get their start. They start with these school boards. And that's where the money is for a county, for a state. So, uh, and, and that's where, like, the Fed dollars come in. And they, they so, know this, um, Crystal, because um, they made a very deserted, like I said, they have a plan. Um, that they are instituting. And Steve Bannon was applauding this plan. He is part of that. There are a lot of PACs. There are a lot of money um, behind this. But he was overjoyed with the gains that they got in, you know, uh, taking over some of these school boards. And in fact, um, he was quoted like maybe a, a year or so ago as saying, the path to save the nation is very simple. It's going to go through the school boards. Steve Bannon declared um, on his podcast in May. And I got this from a Hill article. Um, and um, he said, parent outrage um, and um, what else? Um, something else um, he named uh, could be mined by the GOP for electoral goal. So they know this and we need to understand this and we need to, you know, focus a lot of our efforts um, in that direction uh, because these are our children. This is our future. 
and uh, they are working really hard. Um, I don't know if I put it in the jumbotron, but it's in my timeline. But, you know, Ron Paul, uh, Rand Paul, he's not even in my state, but still, you know, everybody knows him, you know, had a picture of him posing with the young man. I don't even know how old he is, but I know he's, you know, he's a school age kid. Um, and, you know, as if something horrible had been done to this young man uh, because he was not allowed to wear a sweatshirt in school that literally um, had the flag um, displayed, but using all sorts of um, assault weapons um, as, you know, the, the stripes and, and, and the stars, you know, and this is, these are the people who want to control our moral compass, you know? So like I said, it's, it's, it's sad on so many different levels, but we have to stay woke. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Crystal, for all the information. Um, looking Thank forward you. to, you know, uh, amplifying these resources and encouraging people to uh, share them and to use them. We, we have to make our voices known. We can't just be, you know, in these Twitter spaces, you know, talking we you know there are other things um that we need to be doing as well i mean these these conversations are good um uh, they help keep us focused and informed but there's going to be a lot of action that needs to come with the conversation so i'm glad that i'm you know part of a community that understands that and when necessary gets the work done so thank you for you know, being here, sharing that. And again, uh, so thankful for all of you in the community who support me, um, who are, um, like to said, defenders of democracy. And I love you guys for that. And Crystal, I just want to jump in real quick. I just want to ask you, was it Taylor? Was it Taylor Schlitz that you were? Yes. Okay. Thank I posted you. it in the jumble charm. I just wanted to, Bless I found you. it on your timeline. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, good. I love how we help one another. So we've got Danny up next. And I just want to say before she start uh, talking uh, to uh, encourage you guys to check out the interview that I was um, fortunate enough to do with her and uh, Mama Donna um, on um, edu their education advocacy. Um, you won't. Um, it, you will be. Um, I think inspired um, and definitely informed. You won't be disappointed. So please take a listen to that. Please try to amplify it and, um, and share it. And Danny, you're up next. Thank you, Ms. D. Thank you, Soul Sister. Welcome back. You know, we missed you. Um, happy pre-indictment Monday. <laughs> um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what the administration is doing. I understand what today signifies, what tomorrow will definitely be about. I think we're all on pins and needles. Um, but I just kind of want to also give a shout out to uh, the Biden administration. It just came up on my feed that he um, just signed his first veto bill in regards to um, what the House or what Congress was trying to pass regarding uh, people's investment savings. And, you know, he made this quick little video. I'm liking Uncle Joe meets Dark Brandon meets the moment. <laughs> this is what we need. I appreciate it. Um, I love the way that this administration is also going about the business of governing. Um, 
with everything, all of us, right? We're all waiting to see what's going to happen tomorrow. I love how they still have their heads down and they are focused. And then I also went down a little bit and noticed that um, the infrastructure bill, that is also something that is coming to fruition in our cities, in our towns. Um, I just yes, thought- I see um, a ribbon cutting or groundbreaking, yeah. um, you know, like every, you know, every other day or so. And I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. And just res- recently, I just saw that um, it's about 23,000 projects around 45 cities and towns across the United States. Um, once again, y'all know how I feel about the fourth estate. You don't hear about it. The only reason why I found out about it is because I follow the Biden administration's um, page on Twitter. And so they released it four hours ago. President Biden literally tweeted it out or someone on his staff tweeted it out. You're not even seeing this on the local news. And so, and that's the unfortunate part. I remember when there was um, anything going on, a ribbon cutting ceremony, somebody was getting a new park, a new fire station built. It at least made the local paper. It at least made local news. And I don't see that anymore. And it's a shame. Um, but also to talk about the education system. Um, I, I think it's embarrassing what passes as education in this country. We could be doing a whole lot better. Um, the fact that the dollars go to um, the school, but it doesn't necessarily reflect in the child's education overall. Why is that okay? Where is you know the outrage on that? Um, you, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you could take these federal dollars. These federal dollars are not just coming, you know, off a tree. Somebody's paying into the system to invest in children and you have cities, towns, states, schools, whether they are private school, um, whether they are charter schools or public schools, and they are taking federal funding and it's not even reflected in children's education they're literally just taking it to maybe line their pockets to maybe build something that the school really doesn't need and it doesn't even go to the betterment for the child's education like i don't understand how they're able to get away with that and what's the recourse and i understand that crystal said you know getting involved at the local level probably on the school board is probably our best option, um, but also writing letters. And like you, Ms. D, I do appreciate that we are a collective, we are a community um, of leaders, of like-minded individuals, that we care about this stuff too, as well as democracy, right? But the best part of democracy is having an informed um, electorate, a, an informed people that can understand what's going on and push back when it's problematic, push back, push back when there is abuse of power. And that also happens at the local level and in our education system, as we're seeing. It's not just at the college level, like we're seeing with Ron DeSantis. And, you know, I suspect other governors as well is also going to try their hand to see how much they can get away with as well. And so I just want to say that. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. And again, like I said, guys, uh, please check out the interview that I have um, 
in the uh, jumbotron on um, with Danny and Donna, and uh, there is a wonderful treat of some artwork that Danny was so gracious to allow me to share of her son Dominique, um, and uh, it is beautiful. And I just want to, um, you know applaud her and Donna and all these other wonderful moms, ordinary moms doing extraordinary things um, to support uh, their children and other children. It matters. And, you know, I felt like it was a, just another reason to highlight them in this way at this time, because it's Women History Month and um, these women need to be um, applauded um, for um, the work that they're doing and advocating um, for children, their own and others in this arena. And I like, Danny, that you brought up because it's something I'm working on a thread, but you know, I told you there is a pattern um, here. Like um, in Tennessee, they um, are uh, passing bills um, that of course people are aware of very harmful to the LGBT community, but they are not stopping there. They are working very hard to consolidate their power. Um, they actually passed a bill to reduce the Nashville Council by half, just arbitrarily uh, reduced it from 40 to 20, effectively firing half the city, elected city council. Um, and what that does, it also allows them to redraw the Nashville um, district lines, again, shoring up their own power. And we already have a trifecta here in our state. And, you know, they're not stopping there either because um, it's worth noting that um, they um, want to seize control over $3, million, uh, $3 billion in capital spending across our city. Uh, one for uh, 1.5 mil, uh, billion uh, are airport renovations and they are really doing a lot of wonderful uh, projects to um, update our airport because we are having a lot of people who have migrated here and um, the infrastructure of course is not ready for that but they are working on um, building up and renovating the airport there's another 1.5 billion dollars for a new nissan uh, stadium so they want to be able to control that and um so you know when you have these things um happening it makes it uh, easy. It opens the door for rampant corruption uh, from these uh, folks, you know, and um, we it's very, you know, um, authoritarian like um, oligarchy, you know, um, and it's just like I said, it's it's not necessary. And, and in some ways it's it's just spiteful and harmful. But thank you so much for mentioning that. And later on today, I'm going to mention a few others because I can speak to Nashville because I'm here in Tennessee. But, you know, again, it's happening in every state where they have the ability to pass these laws. You know, Oklahoma, um, they just uh, passed a law basically um, to allow corporal punishment on students with disabilities. Um, that breaks my heart. Um, you know, in Wyoming, they just passed a law um, banning abortion pills. In Indiana, um, they passed a law to um, basically undo the clean admissions um, 
act uh, and projects, energy projects that the, this administration has worked so hard to deliver. It's like they are purposely just breaking things um, because they can. And the, none of these things um, prove to be helpful to our, you know, our community, our country at large. I mean, on its face, you know, uh, the the fundamental um, purpose of government is to improve the lives of, of citizens and communities. Um, so it should be considered an abuse of power um, and, you know, a violation of that public trust when they do otherwise, but they seem to do it without, you know, um, any repercussions. And we just need to be aware of it and where we can fight back and at the very least, um, bring attention and awareness to it. Because, you know, not long ago, we had our um, lieutenant governor who made, you know, national news and even a SNL, uh, SNL skit. Um, and it's, you know, it's brought a lot of um, pushback and, and focus on the hypocrisy because he was liking, um, I, I guess, IG social media content from a young um, gay uh, male and at the same time signing off on legislation to take their rights away. So we do have a big concert that's going on here. There are a lot of uh, stars because we have a huge entertainment industry here and a lot of entertainers are putting together um, initiatives to you know, kind of fight back against this. And, you know, we had another lawmaker who, uh, because Tennessee, we have the death penalty here and they can't get their cocktail right. And so they had um, thought it was a great idea to come up with some alternative options to give um, the prisoners on death row. Um, one of them was a firing squad. I mean, if you think that can't be bad enough, uh, another one was to hang them. Now, the same lawmaker who suggested adding hanging to that, thank goodness we amplified it enough that it got national attention because this same lawmaker, he, he took, he kind of walked it back, even though he really meant it. Um, but he was also trying to pass a bill that really didn't do anything but make them feel better. And that was to try to change the name of a street named after John Lewis. And I was really, really hot about that. But the reason it really gets their goat is because that portion of the boulevard that is named after him is where our legislative plaza sits. So it drives them insane that they have to use his name in their address. They can't escape it. So that's why they wanted to stick Trump's name up there instead. But he got so much pushback from his uh, suggestion of hanging people from tree that he withdrew, withdrew his bill to try to change um, that uh, street name. So I'm happy about that. But in any case, we have another speaker up. So glad you joined us, Kevin. Haven't heard from you in a while. Looking forward to hearing from you. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, dear. I have not spoken to you in quite some time. I miss everybody in here. Um, glad to see everybody in here. I yes, I have been quite busy as of late. Um, but being what it is, I I 
I can now say that I can refer to people in <laughs> the legislatures as young people because I am of that age now. I have a belated birthday in February, 57. So that was a major milestone. Um, but piggybacking on what you were saying about all these disgusting laws that are being passed by these Republican legislatures, uh, we'd be remiss to forget the Virginia law that uh, removes certain age barriers to marrying young women. And we'd be remiss to avoid speaking about the uh, Huckabee Sanders law of, of lowering the age of employing children. So, yeah, it, it, <laughs> we could go it on, and on and on and on. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's disgusting. Uh, it's reprehensible. I can't stand it. I, I I cringe every time I hear that they're coming out with something so-called new and fantastic and wonderful. And all it is is a just something to make it more unpalatable for the rest of the country to, to see this backwater thought process coming out of them. But on the good side... We can say, finally, Pennsylvania is has its first female and African American House Speaker, and that (laughs) that surprised because there was there was a problem with the election. So we had one person die. We had two people that were elevated to higher positions. And so the Republicans still held a majority until those special elections took place. So because those districts are so heavily Democratic, the Republicans saw the writing on the wall. They were not going to get somebody elected in those areas. So what they did was they agreed to elevate a gentleman in the Democratic caucus as speaker until the special elections took place. And he was sort of like not ready to concede to Miss McClinton when the special elections were done. But surprisingly, through some horse trading, he stepped down. And Miss McClinton, uh, Joanna McClinton, is the first African-American lady house speaker of Pennsylvania, uh, the Pennsylvania government. And it's a good bulwark for us because we need that since the Republican Senate is heavily Republican. Uh, I'd probably say a three to one majority. So that is something that we still have to work on yet. Um, but um as much as you know, there's going to be that you know horse trading going on there to get bills passed, our new governor, uh, Mr. Shapiro, has indicated that his push is he's going to try and work with them as best he can to get things through. So I'm glad that at least he's not going to be you know stuck in a rut like um, Governor Wolf was for eight years having to deal with a fully Republican state house and Senate. So that was uh, promising to get that. But um, yeah, and just, you know, little wins like that make me feel good. 
Um, and they, I'm sort of like, so go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and they should. We have to celebrate the small and the large wins for sure. It just, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole orange haired menace thing. I, I, I can't stand it. I, I breathe enough of it during the daytime. And, you know, he's, I, I chalk whatever he says up to his insanity because he's just, he's insane in the membrane. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, it, nothing surprises me with the stoking of violence. You know, he's done it once. He'll he'll still do it. I mean, it. he's you a know, creature just, of habit, if nothing else. You know, <laughs> so. he he's a creature. You got that right. You know, the the creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, he's just you know, it, it, Swamp Thing was a lot more politer than him. Um, <laughs> you know, we we can laugh about this stuff, hopefully, but I'm I'm holding out hope for. More than anything, Fonnie Willis, although the Georgia legislature with their stupid law, what was it, 2% now they can call for a recall or something if they don't like what she's doing. I, that, that I don't, I personally don't get it. I don't understand it. I know it's at their effort to try and silence her and take away that ability for her to, to prosecute. Again, specifically. Yes. I mean, you know, changing laws basically to get rid of elected officials um, that they're unhappy with. Um, this is, again, very fascist, um, very authoritarian, and they're doing it. They passed it there and was they passed it with warp speed, um, in part because they know indictments are coming. Yeah, it, that's without question. I, I'm still waiting to see, you know, what happens with Mr. Smith. Like I raise, you know, Mr. Smith coming to Congress, you know, to, if you want to put it that <laughs> right. way. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, um, a simple name. I mean, I'm, I'm whatever, but I just hope that, you know, he brings both barrels to the fight for this with the uh the papers that you know trump took so that's some holding out for that as well i i you don't hear anything anymore even rumblings in the background about the uh investigation into his taxes anymore although the tax records have been turned over that's sort of gone you know radio silent for quite some time now so you know, we'll see what happens with that. I know they keep pushing that, but, you know, there's, you know, it was interesting to hear that uh, pending whatever happens with the grand jury and the indictments in Georgia, that they may decide to elevate them to RICO charges. That would be interesting. Um, I think that would uh, definitely light a fire uh, under old lard behind pants. I mean, I just think that would be interesting. Yes, Um most definitely. And like I said, I am not a legal scholar and Mark is here. He's listening. He's probably working. But uh, the next speaker we have up is going to um, be able to probably speak to that a little bit more. And they're having a space um, uh, where some of that is going to be discussed later um, this afternoon. So um, if you were finished, Kevin, I'm going to go next to Renee and um, again, so good to hear from you and, and thank you for sharing that good news, um, that history making news with us about the, um, 
state legislature, um, you know, appointment there. Um, it's always exciting when we break barriers. Um, so uh, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, and uh, happy Women's Month. I, I, we, we, we have uh, diversity and inclusion um, events throughout the month for, for every month. So last month it was African American History Month. We had events for that. We had events all this month so far for the Women's Month, and I attended a couple of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for empowering the women. So I And I love to see this space filled with women. So go girls. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate it. Um, and, and we always love that support and, like I said, amplification. So, uh, again, let's, glad to hear from you. And uh, up next, uh, we've got Renee. Hello. Hey there. Hey there. Hey everybody. <laughs> it's been a very busy morning um, for all of the Republicans. Uh, bless their little hearts. Um, I they're scrambling. They are well. They're doing everything that they do, you know, best, which is you know just being despicable, but. Um, I'm having a ball. I'm like a pig rolling in slop right now. I am having so much fun um, reading all these little tweets. I saw um, DeSantis' little press conference earlier, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to crucify this dude and Eric and, and um, DJ TJ, <laughs> which is what I call him, and even Trump. Trump is now responded to DeSantis. Oh, really? Trump, Do tell. Trump is, he just, yeah, he just, he just posted on his little stupid, um, his stupid site, um, something about, you know, Ron will understand what this feels like when he's going through it, you know, because of the affairs from, from men, from women and probably some men that are going to come to light. And it's just like, yeah, you probably know about some of those affairs and will probably expose them yourself. Like, it's so funny. It's so predictable. Uh, a couple of days ago, I said, yeah, it doesn't matter how he responds. They're going to they're going to attack him because, you know, they have to. But um, it's fun to watch, uh, you know, and this dude has, you know, he has an indictment pending like his entire world <laughs> is collapsing. But he's not, still not taking a, time. but multiple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I logged on and within 10 minutes, I, I heard I got an update on each one of his cases. Well, not all of them, because, you know, just but the prominent three in New York right now and Georgia um, and D.C. You know, he filed um, he, <laughs> he filed a motion in Georgia for them to just stop their whole investigation. <laughs> like, just stop it. Stop, and it reminded stop. me of his, yes, it reminded, I've, I actually, I think I retweeted it, but it's, it, it reminded me of the, we want all of the voting to stop, you know, <laughs> like the same, same play. He, all that dude does is delay, especially when it comes to court. He, he is known for it. He's done it his entire um, career, but back when he was, um, you know, when he really was a real estate mogul or whatever people thought he was, this is, this is what he does. Um, but he's running out of road, um, in DC. I don't know if you guys saw it, but his attorney showed up to, to court today. Um, one of them with their own attorney, <laughs> attorney. Uh, who so, said this said MAGA stood for make attorneys get attorneys. <laughs> but yes, it's true. I mean, it's, it, 
all, it's totally true. All of his attorneys end up having to get representation or they get sanctioned or, you know, censured or disbarred. It's just like, you know, I don't understand why they're still willing to throw themselves on fire for him, but it's whatever. Um, and then, yeah, all of this stuff that's happening in New York. Politico just, Politico's reporting. There are a couple of other sources reporting. And listen, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's in this indictment, if it comes, when it's going to come, all the good stuff. Um, so, you know, we have to kind of, you know, be a little cautious. I'm still enjoying the implosion no matter what. But Politico and other sources are reporting um, as of just like several minutes ago that, you know, that the folks in New York are still meeting and that they're, they're expecting um, indictment either later today or Wednesday. Um, so that basically just means that obviously this grand jury is one of those Monday, Wednesday grand juries and that if they're not able to finish their business today, then they're expecting that they will uh, be able to, to vote um, on, I guess, Wednesday and that it can happen then. So, um, I mean, it'll the next several days will just be interesting uh, for, for sure. And, you know, um, we are going to have a conversation later today around what 4.30 Eastern because, you know, before all of this kind of comes down, I do want to have a, a, a structured conversation about what it means. Uh, it is important, obviously. Um, but with everything that's going on with, you know, how our history, people are trying to literally, you know, just erase our history. Um, I think it's important to to record conversations like these uh, just so that it lessens the likelihood that, you know, years from now, historians will be able to, you know, to write how we felt, you know, they, we will have hopefully with more and more evidence out there, more and more it circulated of us literally saying how we felt during this Telling time. Telling our own um, stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That to me is why it's important to note, you know, for the record officially just to have that. And, um, you know, so whoever can join cool, but it'll be recorded if, if folks, uh, you know, are not able to attend and, and then we'll just kind of see all this stuff unfold. But I, I enjoy the implosion, uh, because their whole party is cooked. You know, you've got McCarthy, you know, being in favor of, you know, uh, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and these idiots, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to get Bragg in for a hearing. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's all pomp and circumstance. It's all foolishness. You know, they there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. He's not going to, you know, comment on, you know, on this as it's happening. And he doesn't have to turn anything over to these people. But, you know, they're going to put on a show and you would you would hope that they would govern. You know, they would actually try to do something. But no, it's just they want to hold these hearings and they want to have some sort of revenge tour um, and their capacity is limited. But it's like it doesn't matter because they're still playing to that audience of one. And it's still just like a random requirement that he has for them to blow up their worlds. And I think that that's partly because, yeah, they're still, you know, they're still sucking up to him. But the other part is that a lot of them are also guilty. Right. They also have their own um, they share in, in, in some of these, you know, some of these issues. And so it's partially to um, to kind of cover up for their own, you know, their own messes. But um, none of it's going to work. And again, they're eventually going to run out of road. And I know people are getting very, very impatient with the timing because it's been years. Um, but honestly, 
again, because this is so unprecedented and he has, this isn't just Nixon. This wasn't just one or two issues, you know, this dude has a web. I mean, this is a, this is a crime syndicate. This is a global crime. And he has had a lifetime of working it. But, but just, well, we're just, I mean, besides for the rape defamation case, which is like in in the middle of all of this, the school has a rape case. You know what I mean? What's what's her last name? Jean, Jean, what's her last name? Jean Carroll. Yes, I could not remember that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, he's got so many things going on and it's a web and not necessarily that all of these offices are coordinating with each other, but they kind of can't completely not communicate, I think, on a level. I don't know. It, there's just a lot to do. And so, um, yeah, the timing can be frustrating. But if if at least we get the ball rolling at this point, you know, I think I'll be happy and I'll be able to just kind of sit back and chill because Georgia is Georgia is going to be so much worse than this. It's not even funny. I mean, they, they're considering rackets hearing. <laughs> Yes, and and uh, Fani is quoted as saying she loves the racket, the Rico <laughs> cases. Yeah, and she got a good well, guy, an expert in that. They've, I mean, they've got him. They, I, they've truly got him in Georgia. I, I had only been kind of mildly following, and like, okay, eventually they're going to decide what they're going to do. But uh, a couple of days ago, I really kind of dug into the weeds of what the what the charges are what you know and i really got it got into a fell into a rabbit hole and i was just like there is no way they they really have to charge him that's why they passed that law to get rid of her (laughs) they're trying yeah but they can't i you know i read up on that too i really don't think they're gonna have a lot of um I don't think they're going to have a lot of luck with that. I, I'm going to try to find the article that, that I read uh, where it kind of broke down uh, how it doesn't directly apply to this and how it ultimately it, it still doesn't like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think she's shaking in her boots. I mean, you know, we have to always keep in mind, too, that his attorneys are like the, <laughs> the worst. OK, <laughs> they are. They are the worst. And so while Georgia, it seems, is, you know, is is fine to fight whatever and, and do whatever, um, you know, Fanny knows what she's doing. Uh, and, you know, her her team, they know what they're doing. And um, what I always have to remember about people like her, people like Bragg, um, people like Garland, you know, all of these folks, they are used to criminals. Okay, you know, they 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 are very used to criminals and to criminal behavior and their patterns of behavior. So while I'm from the outside and I can tell predictable behavior patterns, these are folks who are very, very used to criminals and what they're going to do. And which means that they can kind of anticipate their next steps. And Trump is like, you know, Trump doesn't you don't even have to think about it with him. He tells you what. I was going to say, yes, we don't even have to have legal minds to be able with this guy at this point. He's so, his MO is so predictable. Exactly. So imagine, I mean, what we know, it's, you always have to remember what we know publicly, you know, they've, they're already far past, you know, whatever we see and, and however we're kind of thinking of it, they're they're way advanced beyond that. Um, especially because they have more information and more details, way more than we do. So, um, 
I think we're in as, as, as best of hands as, as we possibly could be with this. And so uh, I'm just going to sit back and kind of continue to watch things unfold and laugh at these Republicans because um, they're so mad and there's nothing they can do about it, really. Well, I'll um, be waiting we'll for just... those uh, satirical tweets uh, about it. Uh, I know you will inform us and often make us laugh. So I am all here for that. <laughs> I'll do my best and everybody have a good day and get those have to put your champagne on chill because it's coming. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. All right, Renee, thank you so very much. Um, and she's right. I mean, we really just have to uh, kind of wait, but I, I would love to see the article um, that um, you have on um, them their law and their ability or not to move Bonnie. And I, I really was hoping that, you know, um, it was kind of meant to scare her and not them being able to do it so easily because it just seems so, you know, um, it would seem so uh, criminal uh, just on its face again, like I'm not a lawyer or whatever, but I would love to, you know, hear more about that. And I'm certainly looking forward to, um, your space tonight. I know Mark is going to be co-hosting with you and um, for him to give us uh, some of his legal take. And he, he may be working now. I know he's here. So thank you, Mark, for being here, supporting us. And if you can come up and share with us before we close out, of course, we always love to get your legal updates and input. Um, and uh, this is um, at the um, top of the hour here. I'm going to be wrapping up um, soon. So if you would uh, like to join in the conversation, if you have something to share or add, um, please start making your way um, to the floor. Request the mic. Come on up. Don't be shy. All right. Uh, so up next, we've got the fabulous Miss Shantae. How are you today? Hi, D. How are you? You called me in a good, <laughs> good. I'm actually about to wash my hair and so I can get my hair braided. So this whole thing with this um, that guy from Jamaica Estates, the former White House resident himself, twice impeached, you know, is now um, saying he, he's really like, I think he's probably telling the truth about him getting indicted. I think he really is. Honestly, to tell you the truth. And, of course, the grand jury is going to lay down the indictments. That's so. But it's all because of, you know, Mr. Alvin Leonard Bragg, Harlem Knight, you know, so. And even this is somewhat probably have involvement with Letitia James, which my AG, which my AG, and it's more cases here. People think this is the only case here. There's more here because he did a lot of, his crimes are in Manhattan. So people are getting it confused when they say the New York eight, um. DA, it's he's the Manhattan DA. Like for people don't understand County. that, and then some people don't even recognize like these are state charges, like these aren't federal. So, <laughs> and state charges are the worst yes. because when it comes to our campaigns, when it comes to our campaign finance laws, like we voted for that shit, like we made that shit so strict, and the state assembly and the state legislator made it even more stricter than what it is. So look what happened to Brian Benjamin. Look how he was like called to court and he had to resign that same freaking day. There was a lot of assemblymen back then were charged with bribery. Like they're not, we don't play that shit here. Like we don't play that shit at all here in New York state. Like that's just like the number one thing. And Donald Trump 
had a lot of besides this thing, this thing is just a misdemeanor, which is going to be more charges add up. So it's probably going to be like four years if he's convicted, which most likely he is because he's stupid. He's a bad witness, by the way. Like he think his money's going to get him out of this. Think again, because it's not. Also, there's state charges with his organization and his children, too, that they can't do business here. And that's going to be a criminal referral. That might be kind of like on a federal level. And it possibly can probably go to, um, you know, the U.S. Attorney's Office, which the U.S. Attorney represents the five boroughs and Westchester County. But this DA represents my county in Manhattan. There's other DAs in other counties because New York has different, New York, it's 62 counties in New York State, right? And the five boroughs alone, there's five counties. Those boroughs are counties. So there's New York County, which is Manhattan. There's Bronx, the Bronx got their DA, Brooklyn got their DA, Queens got their DA, Staten Island got their DA. But Donald Trump did the crime in Manhattan. So whatever crime that happens in Manhattan alone, in Manhattan, and the reason why I'm saying Manhattan repetitively, because Republicans think Alvin Bragg represents the whole city of New York. Chris Christie is from New Jersey. He don't really know a fucking thing how New York state politics work because he is from fucking New Jersey. And he's not even from the good side of New Jersey. But I digress. So Alvin Bragg represents New York County. Manhattan, the borough of Manhattan. So whatever crime, even if it's blue collar, white collar, low level crimes happening in Manhattan alone, he deals with that. And I'm pretty sure he's curbing the crime on other frontiers. Why there's so much crimes? Because the reason why is because of that defund the police thing. And that's one of the reasons why in our city. So when there is crime, once again, in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg does that. He doesn't deal with crime in New York City. So people like Kevin Owen McCarthy, Matthew Lewis Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Oprah Bulbert, Andy Briggs, they all, Andrew Briggs, they all need to shut the hell up, one, because they don't know a mother effing thing. They need to focus on governing, which these mother efforts ain't going to govern. They're going to waste our money on these bogus ass um, investigations into the president's family, which his kids have nothing to do with politics. They don't even have a job in politics. You should worry about making sure you ain't trying to cut up people's social security. Okay? But yeah, but this thing is going to be on and popping. Even though we're going to hear about it tonight, it's going to be in some of our, my stuff tomorrow because this is my county which the crime has happened in for many years this is not just something that happened in 2016 this is just the early part of it there's stuff from the trump organization from the 1970s 80s 90s 2000s 2010s up until before he was president this thing is serious business the trump organization has been investigated for a long ass time if the u.s attorney and the Southern District of New York get involved, it's a done deal. Damian Williams looked like he don't play that shit at all. He looked like a very fucking serious man. Don't mess with that Jamaican man, okay? Don't mess with him at all. That's what I'm saying is just like, these people, these Republicans, like I said, they're having a disarray. They already have 
shit going on in their world, all right? People already looking at them like they are a clusterfuck of mess. Starting from Kevin Owen McCarthy, the so-called Speaker of the House, who can't put a muzzle on his problematic MAGA tax. Who like is I complicit said, in all of this. <laughs> and a punk. A whole entire punk. So we're going to see how this plays out tomorrow. And them proud boys, they only could get away with that shit in the lower part of Manhattan, which that is the Chamber Street area. For those who are not from New York City, that is lower Manhattan. That's all the way downtown. As um, uptown Manhattan night, we'll call it all the way downtown. Lower Manhattan. That's where they can only try to get away with that shit, and they couldn't even do it yesterday. So... Imagine that they even try to come up to Alvin Bragg's house uptown in Harlem. They will have a fucking bad day. So they wait a minute, were, Shantae. Was, you're going to have to slow down because some people may not be aware. The Proud Boys, tell the story, came. Okay, so the Proud Boys, <laughs> the Proud Boys came up. I think they came up to Manhattan. I think it was lower part of Manhattan. Like the, the Chelsea 14th Street area is a big um, LGBTQ plus community historically since 1969. And they were, it was a drag story hour. Drag story hours has been popular for the New York public libraries and all other, you know, child-friendly areas. And there were families. They were like the kids were having fun and they were doing the sound effects of, you know, what the stories is happening. And you even had some gay people even protesting. And I'm just like, really? Like, you're wilding out. And besides that, the Proud Boys came in and they got their ass beat. They got their ass beat by protesters. They was like, you're not going to come here and do this shit. Like, nobody ain't fucking playing with you. And you think getting your behind beat up in, in Chelsea is is, 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 is is bad? Imagine if you would have came further uptown in Harlem and the Bronx, if you would have went to Brooklyn with that shit or to, you know, Jamaica, Queens with that shit. You would have had a bad... You wouldn't have had even worse. You might have been beaten to, you know, a bloody pulp. Worst thing what you got beaten... In Chelsea, and, and, and little old Chelsea. So I'm going to need for those folks, don't come in with that shit because you're going to have a real bad day. And if you try to come up to Alvin Bragg's house uptown, because he lives uptown, you're really going to have a bad day. You're really going to see all the old heads coming outside with iron pipes and shit. Yeah. Bust you upside the head. Well, I think they that they are all trying to, you know, now, now Trump was stoking these protests and things, but, um, and um, some of his ilk was too, but I think that um, now some of them are starting to walk it back because, you know, some of them were getting quite close and um, to um, probably crossing lines about um, stochastic terrorism um, and inciting, you know, violence because, you know, he certainly is and he's trying to get other people to do it on his behalf. But I noticed you know, after that tweet of his, he kind of got quiet. He hasn't said a whole lot. I don't know if the lawyer said, dude, you need to stop. I don't know. <laughs> well, he should know. He's from here. He's from here. He's from here. Everybody know Donald Trump is a punk. Everybody know Donald Trump is a punk. He's not tough. He's not tough at all. He's never been tough. He's a punk. He, you know, the Gambino family got had him shook. The Gotti family had him shook. Let's be real. They had him shook. He's a punk. He's not tough. Exactly. He likes to talk tough and he likes to 
um, you know, kind of put batteries in other people's back. But, you know, these people, before they actually go out protesting, uh, they should probably um, have a talk or, you know, read some articles of some interviews with these folks that, you know, answered his call to January 6th. Some of them that are sitting in prison or jail awaiting trial to go to prison. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all I have to say. So let's, we just see how it is tomorrow. And I just wish like some of these punditries and some of these little resistors on this app need to shut up, need to shut their mouth and just let the process play out. And then some of them that did talk shit, they need to walk their shit back. Because if I find your tweet, if I find that shit, because you know I'm going to find it. Because I'm going to be like- The like, receipt like, queen. The <laughs> yes, the bone collector. <laughs> I will, I will find that shit. I will find that shit and post that shit. Even if you're Tristan Snell, you know who you are. If I was you, I will work on deleting half of my shit starting tomorrow. So, anyhow, <laughs> thank you, Dee. Thank you, so sister. And to all the amazing people in there. Look at Tiff. And she changed her profile. She looks so I nice. Know, I love that pic. Uh, yes, thank you, Shantae, for coming to share with us and for giving us, you know, the real skinny on um, the bum from Jamaica Queens. <laughs> you like, As yes. I say, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I just want to say that um, when we're talking about um, the, the GOP being performative and, you know, holding these hearings, whatever, and, oh, they're not governing or legislating let's be clear about it they're not governing in the interest of the american people oh they're still trying to legislate things it's just that everything that they're putting forth is harmful to the american people so when we say that let's not pretend that they're not out there trying to write bills or pass bills it's that they're not trying to help the American people with the bills that they're writing and trying to pass. And I just want us to be clear when we talk about it, because um, let's not pretend that they're just sitting in their offices trying to figure out which person that they're going to try to bring to some ridiculous uh, hearing that's not going to be meaningful at all. They are working. They are just working to destroy our democracy and uh, the American people. That's that's all. I, I just wanted to add that comment in. Well, thank you. And a, a very important one at that. So I do appreciate it. And um, we have a couple of more speakers who have come up to join us. Looking forward to hearing from them. Um, and I'm not sure of the order. I'm going to go with Tip, then Mark, and then Ngasi. Hey, D. Hi. Hey, girls. How you doing? All right. Um, I've I've been working and, <laughs> and trying to figure. I out kind what, of figured. I know. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's some been, changes going on. So I'm girl, so glad that you been, took time out for us today. Yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it was all Friday. So I had to catch up on everything that was going on. Uh, and you know how that goes. All that stuff. So um, figured I'd speak before I have to go to my next meeting at two thirty. So. Um, yeah, I, I I heard what Shantae was saying, and thank you for acknowledging my picture. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I don't listen. I was in New York over the weekend, you know. But I talked to my family, just kind of like figuring out what's going on. No one knows what's gonna happen. Um, it's just it's it's just okay. Well, whatever whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. And I'm trying to balance work while also watching TV, which y'all know I cannot 
stand listening to MSNBC. Um, but of course, they, you know, thankfully, Andrea Mitchell, her hour was talking about the 20 year anniversary of Iraq, um, you know, going, you know, starting the war. And so she really didn't speak too much about Donald Trump. And then I saw that they've been talking about um, Ron DeSantis. He's been the focus of kind of the, 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 the day of what he of the comments that he made. Um, and then, you know, people were just kind of talking about 2024 implications and what does that mean? So we're going to talk about that later on Renee's space, but it just seems like there's like so much happening today and it's like a little bit overwhelming because no one knows what's going to go on. It looks like Michael Cohen just arrived at, at the courthouse to give his testimony or his rebuttal, I guess is what it is. I mean, he um, already had two days. So why is he there now? Well, he had to go. Apparently that guy Costello is the person that's having, you know, was there was there this morning and then he came in to give his his rebuttal of oh. what's going on. So, okay. It, okay. that which is why they think either the indictment is going to come down this afternoon or could possibly come down on Wednesday because there's, you know, that that's when the grand jury meets. So, um that's what they're assuming. I saw New York is getting prepared as they should you with Donald Trump inciting whatever he's trying to incite by saying come protest um it was good to be able to see that they were at least preparing because it may turn out to be nothing but there's a lot of people excuse me who are Trumpers that live on Long Island in New Jersey not so much in the actual city um, but there are people that live in the outer boroughs and, you know, that just kind of could potentially like Queens um, or that borderline area that could potentially come to the city. People coming from out of state. You just kind of never know with Trump and no one wants a repeat of January 6th or anything remotely close to that. So um, I wouldn't really feel like happy if I didn't see there was some kind of preparation um, and I've, I've gone from like kind of a giddy place like yesterday like this is going to happen so more of like a nervous place um, where I'm like okay what is really going to happen and how are these people going to act so I don't really know what's going to happen over the next week but I know something is going to happen something is definitely and people can you know obviously should should celebrate however they want to celebrate or not say anything no one should tell anyone how to feel about this i freaking hate trump like no other he's a demon in my opinion and so i am going to be happy when this is all said and done and hopefully like i said the police and law enforcement and everyone is prepared for what could potentially happen in the next coming days in the next week but i saw they were putting up barricades I, you know, my mom, I'll know, I'll know more based on if my mom is being told to stay home uh, in the next couple of days or not, because she works in the financial sector. And usually they are kind of one of the first people to know kind of what's happening, but they are definitely putting up a perimeter in lower Manhattan, you know, where the, the courthouse is. Um, and so there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of traffic. It's going to be a lot happening down there. So Shantae knows she lives in New York, but it's just kind of, it's kind of madness when you think about it. And you, you know, there's, you, when you think about from a security standpoint, I mean, you have to think about what could people possibly do? People, people could be getting on the trains. People could be, you know, they, it may, it may happen in one place. They got to worry about bombs. They got to worry about all this stuff because freaking Donald Trump is a fucking demon and you don't know 
how crazy these freaking cultists are and what they could potentially do. If you live in a red state, you're now nervous because you don't know what these people are going to do. And this is what. Yeah, the they are ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this they is started what Republicans in- do. You know, they it's started all about in a fear. community. Yes, th- that's how they they lead um, and they coalesce their base around fear and and anxiety and anger, blaming, you know, finding a boogeyman and, and somebody to blame. But we had a spree. We had a couple of fellas, white supremacists who went on a, sp- a spree here locally. Uh, painting SWAT stickers and other nasty white supremacist uh, crap on um, buildings and things here. So, yeah, you're right. We need to keep our head on a swivel um, and and pay attention. But the one thing that I guess I take solace with it is that in January 6th, Donald Trump's administration was in charge. Exactly. exactly We have a a different administration in charge now. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. From a National Guard, I mean, the thing everything. when you think about it from a New York perspective, you know, the people that are at the top are all Democrats. The governor can call in the National Guard if needed. She, she has the authority to do that. Um, obviously, the mayor, which we like to call, I call him mayor law enforcement, even though he gets on my nerves. You know, this is his time to shine. And if this is what he cares about, his his police department. There, let's be clear, there are a lot of Trump cultists in the in the NYPD. Everybody knows that. There's a lot of white supremacists. In, in, in a there. lot of the um, law enforcement across the country yeah. and nationally. Yes. Yeah. So. And so, you you know, unless these people are going to go rogue, but I know for a fact these people want their pension at the end of it. So going rogue isn't really going to help them. Um, <laughs> there's money involved. No one wants to be fired um, for helping Trump because she surely is not going to help you at the end of the day. So I hope that they would, you know, listen to the commissioner. Um, commissioner, I think her last name is how it's pronounced is Sewell. She, she, you know, she's the first black woman um, police commissioner in New York. And so I hope they respect her enough to listen to her authority and listen to Crazy Mayor. And, you know, there is there is guardrails there from a checks and balances standpoint. So I'm hoping all goes well when this actually finally happens. I know it seems like Trump is shook, which God knows he's an idiot. Um, But this this is where we are. Right. This is this is what our country has come to where everyone's kind of on pins and needles waiting for something to happen. And we'll see and we'll see how it goes. But that's all I came to say. Now I got to go to my other meeting, but I will definitely talk to y'all later. Um, Renee's having her space, like I said, later on. Um, 4.15, so I hope everyone can join and hear a little something-something about what's going on from the crew, and hopefully people will have, we will have more information by then, so thanks everyone. Awesome, thank you so very much, um, and like I said, I love that we can have that, um, you know, uh, local perspective on these issues, and I thank you uh, for keeping us um, informed. And like I said, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to be here um, and we're going to be aware. Um, What I find interesting, though, is that, you know, he's calling these people out. And uh, like here in Tennessee and places like Florida, um, I'm not sure or it's going to be very telling, which is won't be surprising how these protests will be handled because I know that our two states and there are probably others, but we, they passed very specific laws about protesting because they got so upset when people came out for the George Floyd protest and others. And they 
passed some pretty strict protesting laws. And I think down there in Florida, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you can run a protester over. But um, I don't know uh, what's going to happen to, you know, Donald's protest uh, protesters when they start taking to the streets in some of these uh, places like ours. So that will be interesting and telling as well. Um, So thank you so much, Tip. I appreciate it. And um, up next, we've got uh, Mark, then Ngazi and Joseph, and we'll be closing out shortly after that. And I want to thank you guys for joining me here today. And I want to encourage you guys to join uh, Renee and Mark's space um, happening, as Tip said, at 415 Eastern time. So looking forward to that and more great conversation. So, Mark, how are you, my friends? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Advocacy Arena. Excuse my voice. I, I'm just you now getting it back. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about. Hey, Soul Sister too. By the way, I'm sorry. And hey, everybody. Uh, Ngazi, Shante, Tiffany, uh, Kevin, Joseph. Everybody, I see you on here. Danny, Renee, of course. Um, Don. Um, <clears throat> on the Georgia case, um, there's been a, a lot of activity from the the Trump team. Uh, let me call them the hapless Trump team. Uh, trying to redo a, a, a Judge uh, Cannon um, strategy of, of trying to uh, recuse the uh, the Fulton County District Attorney and also the uh, the judge, the presiding judge on on the special grand jury, they filed a uh, what's what's a what I looked at as a frivolous pre- premature motion to have a special grand jury uh, investigation and and findings. Um, knocked out or quashed. Um, they might, I mean, procedurally, it's just, these motions are just premature in, in state court. Um, Donald Trump is, is just the, the target of an investigation, purportedly. Uh, we don't know if he's the, you know, we don't know 100% that he is the number one target. He's one of many targets, we assume. Um, so just, be, you know, just imagine a, a drug dealer um, trying to quash the grand jury proceeding, which hasn't even come to a decision yet. Um, and the special grand jury was just an investigative body without indictment, um, without indictment power. So good luck with that uh, Trump team. But they, they are trying to uh, get uh, the case before a um, another a judge. Um, for whatever reason, they're trying to do, redo the, the canning strategy. And it's not going to work in this case because um, the state rules are different than federal rules and even in even in the federal government that that didn't work ultimately because the 11th circuit was like you can't do that basically um the the judge in that case was was mistake judge cannon was mistaken and she uh, abused her discretion so um that some that similar uh ideology regarding uh, how cases flow uh, in procedure would would be replicated on the state level as it was on the federal level in the 11th circuit george is in the 11th circuit too so um, there's no kind of could be any court that's going to like, you know, just diss the 11th Circuit ruling and just go ahead and and, um, and, tr- and usurp the presiding judge's authority and also uh, replace the Fulton County DA in this case. Um, I We did talk about this last week. Um, we did talk about that Fulton County, Fannie Willis in Fulton County was looking at RICO, um, uh, looking at the RICO case last week. Uh, we broke it down, if you recall. Uh, so I'm not going to re break it down until we get some actual, actual, you know, um, confirmation that this is the way they're going. But they are going RICO and conspiracy because um, it 
it was. I mean, there was, there was multiple multiple parties that were um, that were uh, engaging in in criminal acts that were directed towards um, upsetting or in, interfering in, in the official uh, recordation of of an electoral result. And so, um, it, like, there, there were multiple parties. It wasn't just Trump. It was Trump and Giuliani. You know, all, all these parties, um, including including uh, some some other parties and, and state and federal government. They're acting on their behalf in Georgia. Um, now, it's, the, the RICO and the conspiracy allows the prosecutor to add in otherwise inadmissible evidence to prove the conspiracy or the uh, criminal enterprise. So that's the advantage of going down the RICO and going down the uh, conspiracy um, path. The, the RICO case is very difficult, so I don't expect that an indictment is, is forthcoming until maybe summertime. If that's the direction that she's going, conspiracy is a little bit easier. Um, and indictment on conspiracy doesn't mean it it or precludes or forecloses the idea of RICO, which they could add those charges later. <clears throat> but um, I think that uh, what we're going to be seeing is is additional additional uh, evidence and 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 in front of the actual grand jury that could bring an indictment. Um, and this this case, this RICO case, could be um, paralleled uh, by the federal government as well. Uh, Jack Smith is probably looking at this pretty close. Um, and and it, you could ultimately see if this case gets close to fruition and indictment, you could see that you could see Jack Smith taking the case away from Georgia and going federal with it. Um, so that, that's a possibility that could happen depending on how the part, how the parallel cases are going. Because remember the jurisdiction that Fannie Willis has is not just Fulton County, but the state of Georgia. So, RICO in the state of Georgia um, would only apply to those activities that were focused in on Georgia. If Jack Smith has a more broader case uh, uh, on the nature of RICO that or conspiracy that includes Georgia and other um, other jurisdictions, then that would allow for him to take over that case. Um, so we we may ultimately n- never see a Georgia indictment, but we th- that might be um, superseded by inclusion in a federal indictment. Because Jack Smith's working on three three levels of criminal uh, conduct: the uh, Mar-a-Lago documents, um, the electo- the electorals, and the January sixth. Um, so uh, th- those are three separate areas that that Jack Smith's uh, grand jury is focused on. Some of that includes um, the Georgia investigation. So it's pretty early in on that. And uh, what's happening in New York is is just happening. Um, it's going to happen. I'm glad that people aren't freaking out like they were on Friday. Um, the, the process is going to happen. Um, as anticipated, the Trump people are freaking out, um, as they should. I remember, at first, they were saying the indictment's going to make it make him more popular or, or, or benefit him in some way towards a uh, 2024 election. No, it doesn't. Uh, an indictment does not indictment for a crime does not make you a better candidate. That, that's that's just foolhardy. And it's, you know, it, it's just rhetoric and innuendo that's in bad faith and, and doesn't make any logical or logical sense. If you're indicted, indicted for a crime, you're not going to win more votes. Um, and just a reminder to not well to the choir and also people that may not be a part of the choir. Eighty one million people voted against this dude uh, in 2000. Um, there's going to be more than 81 million that votes against this dude if he should choose to run again being a two-time indicted criminal suspect. 
um, in two separate cases, one state, one federal, and maybe even more than that. So uh, this guy is not going to get elected president. Um, and you can actually see from DeSantis's uh, remarks today, which were subtle, but they were still a subtle jab, that the writing's on the wall. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of DeSantis either, but obviously this is this plays very well for him uh, because he, like we know, that indictments for crimes, especially for trying to uh, hush a porn star out, that, uh, hush a porn star up that you had an affair with so that it doesn't interfere with your election, um, that that's not going to be good for you uh, running for office. So now it's um, not a good look. look, look <laughs> right. So, so as we look at Georgia, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things uh, play out. Remember, the stronger Georgia case gets, the stronger the federal case gets too. So it'll be interesting to see if Fannie Willis keeps the case. Um, the feds could have jurisdiction over over it if it if it goes to if it goes broader. Now, it doesn't mean that Fannie has to give up her case. Uh, but usually when the feds have a stronger case um, and it includes the local jurisdiction, um, usually the local jurisdiction uh, concedes and, and um, a case transfers to, to federal. So there might be a there's a small possibility that her case might become part of a broader uh, federal charge. Uh, but that case in Georgia is very strong. Um, and you can you can tell how strong it is just by the levels of um of the levels that the adversaries are going to through the legislature um, and also these motions that were filed today were just, they were just desperate. Like all, all of a sudden there was some desperate calls just to file anything, just to file something to give yeah, us time. Delay, 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 whatever you have to do. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, obviously we're going to speak more tonight on, or t- later today on on New York, but uh, I, I thought the, um, the witness t- today was interesting. Um, there's some gamesmanship that's going on with some of the Trump team. They're not very smart. Um, and the gamesmanship that's going on is, is um, I, I find it hard to believe that the Trump team would just send a witness in there to, um, to just counter Michael Cohen, knowing that there's going to be an indictment no matter what they send. So I think that, um, I think that they sent the Costello person in just to get an idea of what kind of questions the grand jury is asking and report back to the Trump team. Oh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. The the advantage, the advantage. So there's, there's two sides to this adversarial process. The advantage that the, the advantage that the, um, the Manhattan DA's team is, it gets to do the same thing. It gets the, it gets the grand jury and, and the prosecutor to ask questions of Costello to see what kind of, if this is one of their strongest, uh, witnesses that would counter, uh, what Michael Cohen, who their main witness says, they'll give them an idea of where the defense is going uh, with uh, with Costello and what his anticipated testimony would be at trial. And he's still under oath. So even though the grand jury testimony is uh, not made public, um, he can be um, he can be impeached with prior inconsistent statements if he makes a different statement than he made from the grand jury. And it also is perjury, so he could be charged independently. Um, but there's there's gamesmanship going on with Costello going in there on both sides. Um, so I don't ex- I, I didn't expect and I, I think it wasn't I didn't expect his testimony to be very long because I don't think the Manhattan DA was going to give him enough time to get an idea of where they were going with with the charges. Um, meaning, meaning no one knows. I'm what the sure they're aware are. Of, of that thought process on their side as well, as you said. Right. So um, I think they probably kept him up there for a little bit, asked a couple of questions, and then brought Michael Cohen in to, to uh, clarify and, and either, either clarify or counter. And we should expect a decision on indictment either, um, 
I think it's Renee posted something. It's either going to happen later today or Wednesday, not Tuesday, which is actually kind of funny. And it, it goes further to my gamesmanship theory um, that uh, because Trump said Tuesday, they're not going to do Tuesday. They'll do today or Wednesday. I love it. That's all, folks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mark. And I appreciate that because, you know, as Shantae, you know, so elegantly pointed it out, like, you know, this is not new for him. Trump has been behaving this way and doing these things for a very long time. Um, and so, you know, the folks in New York of all places know how he rolls and, and how to push back. And I, I think, you know, as much as people talk about Garland and what he isn't doing and what he should do, I feel like he had some sufficient clap back because um, he was not known to be, you know, to um, speak publicly about anything. But when those that uh, classified documents case uh, first came out he came out and spoke a few times i think um and was like nah folks mm -mm, no that's not gonna work and um so i'm loving it i'm love seeing trump and his crew flail around and you know have all these um last ditch you know um efforts um and to see them fail and at this point we're so close we can all taste it and smell it I'm okay with waiting. I got my popcorn on hold. So, you know, I'll be ready whenever it happens. And um, I know we're going to be able to talk about it here. So thank you so much, Mark. And I uh, look forward to um, being um, in your space uh, to talk more about it later um, this afternoon. Drink you some um, tea, honey, lemon, um, and uh, I hope your throat uh, feels better. And thank you so much for coming up and sharing with us today. So up next, we've got um, Ngazi, Joseph, and then Davina. And we'll start to do a wrap. So how are you today, my dear? Hello. Thank you for having me up. And thank you for hosting. It's so wonderful to be here with all of you, and especially with you, Soul Sister. I miss hearing your voice. So glad I was able to join the space today. Um, so I'm not going to do too much on the indictment thing because we're going to have a second space about it. So I'll save my comments for there. But I want to just pick up on what Soul Sister was saying about the Republicans are not governing for the American people. And I agree with that. And Ms. D, you had mentioned how um, the purpose of government is to govern for like the, the best things for the citizens. And I think the problem for the Republican Party is they would agree with that, but they don't believe that certain people should be considered citizens. And so in their opinion, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, a lot of these attack um, legislations against like the LGBT, trans children, or even trans adults, that's in their opinion, is what they're supposed to be doing to govern. But this is a party who didn't even come out with the platform in 2020. They didn't have a platform in 2022. Rick Scott gave us a platform to run, run against. But in reality, these people were really just going to hope for the best and just hope that people would just faithfully vote R because that's typical what happens in midterm elections. They are devoid of ideas. But because they are devoid of ideas, they have to go for like bottom barrel, like base instincts, anger. They don't know how to bring a hopeful message. And so I think part of the challenge is for them is when you're doing that, you're bringing in a certain kind of people. And ultimately nobody wants to be part of a, a violent movement. You know, 
uh, 45 posted about his imminent indictment, which I think was a uh, fundraising tactic because, you know, he needs money to run all of his. Um, he's got a lot of charges against him and that those court cases are expensive. He, he got to pay those and attorneys think, somehow. Which yeah, is a, somebody got to pay those Exactly. Bills. <laughs> which is funny because he's broke. Yes, because, you know, they're running the playbook of his first chief strategist. Let's not forget Steve Bannon. OK. And I found it interesting. Uh, I got to read a little bit more. But like Trump, um, he has a, a law firm that is uh, has filed a lawsuit against him for not paying his bills. So eventually all these cases or whatever, he's got to run. He's got to have some fundraisers. He's got to pay these people because, uh, you know, they're not going to keep working for them for free, you know, especially when they may end yeah. up having to get attorneys that they have to pay for. So go ahead. Right. And Trump's lawyers, they're not even good lawyers. I mean, like his, his current one is just going on TV saying wild things that it's just like sir you are not helping your client so it's like i think part of it is trump is just going for his greatest hits you know this worked for him before and he knows that he still has a hold on that one part of the base that will f listen to him do anything but honestly i think people have moved on i think january 6th the event itself and then the um commission really highlighted and reminded people then over 100 people have actually been charged. Like some of them are sitting in real jail for real years um, or paying real fines, like real cost of money. And it's like they're waking up and realizing you did all of that for nothing. And so I think it's very difficult for them. I mean, you, you, you see him saying, like, take it back. But you see the people, the very people who would have supported him for Jan 6. I think it was, what's this man's name? Ali, or no, Cash Patel was like, oh, I'm, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. You know, good luck in your future endeavors. They're not ready to lay down arms for him again because the rule of law still matters. You do see some Republicans coming out and being like, this is horrible, like Mike Pence. Um, and all yeah, but still, but still kind of supporting him. Like that is such, that's one sick masochistic relationship right there but the rule of law still has to matter and republicans have given up the rule of law because it doesn't work for them they cannot do a rule of law in a democracy in which they are the minority and so i think i think trump's entire experience like what he's going through right now post his um, presidency and everything is really just this is the culmination of what happens when you're a party that has thrown out the rule book and have decided that whatever works for you in the moment is what works for you so, like, now you're dealing with the consequences of that. This is a criminal, like, he is a career criminal. He's been doing criminal stuff for years. That's all just caught up to him now. But he needs, he doesn't know how to pivot because he's so stuck in his natural ways. And so he's just going to keep drumming the same beat over and over again. But, like, he, these people are not coming for him. I mean, it's important for people to prepare in case they do. Uh, but I'm not anticipating or expecting for it to be on the same level as what we saw Jan 6, there's just not enough. I think too many people have moved on from him. They're looking at DeSantis now or another hero for them to fawn over. And they're all kind of recognizing that, you know what? Trump got too much baggage and we're not going to keep paying your legal fees. And he's old. Okay. They want to keep talking about Biden. He's old right? and he has dined on hamburgers for his entire life. Like so the man's not well. <laughs> Right. So I think the Republicans are really just kind of waiting for Trump to die. That is so morbid, but I think it's okay for us to acknowledge that. 
they don't want to come out against him because they're just waiting for him to die. Or get taken out. Because they are afraid. Or get taken out by the Democratic, you know, um, you know, processes, you know, legal processes. Right. Yeah, the legal process. Something to take him off the board. Um, and I think, and honestly, I just think because of how court cases run and everything like that, I think death is probably going to come faster. Because I don't see them putting, a, what do you, how old is he, 80-something-year-old man in jail. So... But anyways, not to make it morbid on my last little point, but yes, I just want to, I wanted to just kind of highlight that I think the problem for the more conservative side of this country is just, they don't have any ideas and they don't have any ideas. And so now they're desperate and they're willing to do almost anything. Um, And I agree that we should just be mindful of what people do when they're desperate. But thank you for the opportunity and the time. Well, thank you. And I appreciate um, you taking time out to come up and speak. And and no, they don't have ideas, I believe, that they can um, publicly run on. But they certainly have ideas. And their behavior is indicative of the ideas that they have. They're very libertarian, authoritarian-leaning ideas because they're, they – their actions are going back to the same um, playbook that, you know, Steve Bannon uh, brought this administration in under. You know, they want to destroy uh, the uh, administrative state, which translates to me democracy because, you know, not just here, but abroad. And I looked and I remember like uh, what's his name? Nigel Farage um, from over there um, in uh, the UK, who was um a key principle in their Brexit strategy, which hasn't worked out well uh, for them. But, you know, he was one of their, you know, um, guest speakers um, when they had the CPAC after um, Donald Trump was elected. So, yeah, they they haven't put out a plan or anything, but they have one. It's like, you know, like secretly, like, you know, the one that Rick Scott put out, that's the plan. They just know it's not a winning one, not one that they can actually galvanize people and certainly not peel off like reasonable voters from other, um, you know, like um, prior um, elections or independence and and things like that. So, again, thank you so very much, Ngazi, for coming and joining with us today. And um, up next, I've got Joseph. Hi, Ms. D. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, great. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on. So I, I just wanted to come on and, of course, talk about you know the, all the the buzz that's surrounding these uh, these imminent uh, indictments. Um, in a couple days ago, I posted something that, like, for me, it's it's going to be huge vindication to see Trump charged with so many things. Um, because as some of you know, I'm part Mexican-American from my mom's side. And going back to 2015 with the horrible things that Trump has said about us, um, I have just hated the man. Well, I've, I've hated him before, ever since, you know, the whole when he was harassing President Obama. Um, but this really, I mean, th- th- what he said about us was just disgusting and i take it personally because my mom is an immigrant so you know it was like he was insulting my mom um so i am going to take 
any and all indictments as a form of huge vindication. Um, Mark, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, that that you talked about the the different ways that perhaps Jack Smith can take over some of this stuff because I was kind of curious as to if maybe the multiple jurisdictions were perhaps in contact with each other to kind of see like, okay, who's going to go first or what have you. Um, but I think once the first set of indictments go, there's going to be others that are going to fall uh, behind. So uh, I, I think we're, we all are going to have cause for celebration because I know we all have our reasons for absolutely detesting Donald Trump and for what he did to this country. So I, I, I can't wait. I've got my champagne chilling in my refrigerator and I am I'm going to be very happy once those once those indictments come back. Um, I had seen a, a tweet a little while ago from somebody in my area that uh, Roger Stone is trying to start trouble in uh, a community about uh, 20 minutes down the freeway from me in uh, Laguna Hills, California. Uh, they're trying to arrange some sort of protest. Now, Laguna Hills is, yes, it's a mostly Republican area, but for the most part, it kind of it's a little bit older uh, demographic. They might get some people out and all that, but you know, I think it's more like they're just trying to more like they're trying to start trouble than anything else. Um, what I did was I tagged uh, their representative, Young Kim, in a tweet and basically dared her to condemn this because she's such a coward and is so white adjacent that she won't because she she relies on a heavy MAGA base. And I know she won't say anything, um, but so I want to do it just to shame her because she's such a she's such a coward. Um, so that remains to be seen if anything does come of that. Um, they wouldn't dare try anything in my city in uh, Santa Ana because kind of like what uh, Shantae was saying earlier about if the Proud Boys tried coming up to Harlem, they would have a bad day. Uh, if they tried coming into my city, Santa Ana, which is mostly uh, a Latino city, uh, yeah, they would have a bad day too because we're not going to put up with that stuff here. So um, I'm just, you know, full of anticipation. I'm eager to see what sort of indictments are going to come down. But I think for all of us, it's going to be in a way, a huge sense of relief that we've been waiting for this for a long time. And finally, we're going to start to see Donald Trump held accountable for all of his, his many crimes. Um, I, I don't know much about New York. I've never, I've never been to New York, but I remember uh, when I was with my ex, uh, a friend of his mom's, who was originally from New Jersey, she said that people in New York, even back yeah, as far as the 70s, knew that that Trump was uh, was garbage. And uh, so I think there will probably be, you know, it wouldn't be surprised me if there are spontaneous celebrations, not just in, in New York, but across the country, because the vast majority of us, we are tired of this man and we're we're ready to see him held accountable for his many many crimes so thank you miss d for that that uh giving me the chance to come up and and talk um i'll probably be listening in in the other space a little bit uh, later on today because i'm working at home today so uh that's it all right thanks everyone have a good day you too joseph and thank you for taking a little time out of your day for coming in you know to share with us and yes do keep us abreast because certainly um stone is um 
a very nefarious character and dangerous because he, like Bannon, you know, they, they, they're not even afraid to take that mess abroad. And they have, you know, like Bannon got kicked out of Italy with his mess. And, you know, Stone um, had folks, um, he was there, you know, at January 6th. And, you know, some of the people that were being, you know, acting as his bodyguards, you know, are now sitting in jail. So uh, we want to always know what what they're doing and um, see how we can stay prepared ourselves, um, counter it and, and call those out. Um, like I said, you know, um, call out Kevin McCarthy and, um, you know, Lady, um, the what's her name? You know, three names uh, down there in Georgia, because, you know, they're helping to um, they're really skirting. Um, really close with with stoking, you know, um, violence by supporting this guy and the fact that they are in some of the highest offices in the land and doing that, we need to to call them out. I don't ever like to really amplify the crazy lady uh, nor McCarthy too much, but we got to know what they're doing and call out um, their BS um, and certainly things that, you know, could be criminal because uh, they certainly are complicit. And, you know, when he goes down, a whole bunch of them should be going down with them. We don't know, but uh, hopefully he begins, you know, the start of a, of a great parade of um, what I consider, you know, like traitors at this point. <laughs> so thanks so much, Joseph. Uh, so glad you shared with us. And I think I lost my co-host, but maybe she'll um, be able to pop back in. Um, but Davina is up next and we're at the um, stage where we're starting to wrap up anyway. So um, Davina, how are you today? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me up and thanks for hosting D. Lovely to hear all the voices. Um, and I'm always wiser by listening to the contributions of everyone else. It's it's a nice time to share this community with you with a hopeful countdown to indictments, but also that trepidation of what will they potentially pull and, and how committed are they to being crazy and violent in this moment? I was reassured by hearing something you said, Dee, about the fact that just contrasting that January 6th, Trump was in charge. He is no longer in charge. So the legal wheels are turning differently and the protective law enforcement wheels will be turning differently as well, even with, as we know, the the pervasiveness of, of Trump supporters in, in law enforcement in New York and probably a lot of other places. Um, so the only plane I wanted to take off today was um, probably something my husband and I were disagreeing about a bit, which is I asserted that I think the media has played a role in America in in failing uh, Ameri to failing to highlight for Americans that Democrats or the governance of Democrats is associated with fiscal prudence and often cleaning up after messes generated by Republicans. And that instead, the public has just been left to figure that out for themselves and often they've failed to figure it out that no, the Republicans don't deserve a reputation of good sound economic management. And the opposite is true. That's a that's a big blow to American democracy if people can't vote based on that truth. 
that over, I mean, I've seen graphs done over and over again, illustrating that recessions are frequently initiated during Republican um, presidencies and those, and the Republicans lose office and, and it takes, because things don't turn on a dime, it takes Democrats a little while to clean up those messes and, and rein in the deficits generated by Republicans being super generous to their lobbyist donor classes. Um, the, the Republicans will use the power of, of the, the media to try and attach those negative consequences to, to democratic rule and to say, oh, we're experiencing this recession now because Democrats are in office. And it's like, no, this is just the shadow of, of economic fallout that your actions initiated um, and your harm to American prospects by um, underfunding government by giving a lion's share of of subsidies and tax breaks to your friends in elite circles and the uber wealthy circles so um you're absolutely sh- right that's <laughs> that's a that's their pattern <laughs> yes and to me that's because a lot of the the media is very um much or at least my, my husband was all like oh no there's lots of left-leaning celebrities who who um are given a voice in media and there's lots of of um, diversity in American media. And I'm like, yeah, sure. At a sociocultural level, you hear a lot of um, left arguments for, yes, celebrate diversity and let's all be strong in that. Um, but in a fin- when it comes for people to get financial information, the media that reports on finances and economic dynamics is dominated by CNBC, which is quite conservative, um, and pandas. And it's almost sometimes more damaging when the pandering is subtle. I mean, it's also very damaging when the pandering is psychotic, <laughs> like on Fox and Newsmax. But the cumulative effect of all that pandering to the mythology of Republican financial prudence is... Right, because they paint that that picture and that narrative of being fiscally responsible, but yeah. you know it's it it's not it's not true. It, it, I would say you know responsible to their base, to their donors, to themselves, but not to our country or the American people at large. So you're you're right. They they're Absolutely. not painting that picture. They and, being the and media. the reverse is true. It was really underlined for me when Trump was. Um, yeah, getting people on board with the idea of, look, I'm punishing China. I'm such a powerful, potent, strong man, daddy figure. I'm going to hurt your enemies and hurt China with these tariffs. I'm imposing on them. And all his base and a lot of Americans can hear was the word impose and the financial sector of the media, that well, the part of the media that's supposed to explain finances to Americans, failed in their duty of care to explain that tariffs aren't just an imposition on someone. It's American businesses paying a tax <laughs> to the American government for the right then to um, import Chinese goods or goods from the other trading partners that Trump hurt, Mexico and China, um, to, in order to sell things to Americans. Trump was making it more costly for American businesses and those costs were being passed on to the taxpayer and that was causing a contraction in the manufacturing industry with follow-on contractions to um, the transport sector and the... Uh, and the farmers and farmers yes so all of these industries taking huge blows because of the financial malpractice of republicans so not just even saying oh democrats are unfairly maligned it's that republicans 
deserve the opposite of their reputation. <laughs> the truth is just so far removed. So yeah, I was a little frustrated. My husband didn't um, understand that. But at the same time, I know I've been looking into this for longer than he has and going, what makes Americans susceptible to believing this bullshit still? And on one hand, I point to the media and on that, you know, maybe the wealthy owners um, have a vested interest in helping Republicans gain office because they give those wealthy media conglomerate owners tax breaks and subsidies and things that that help them out. Um, and on and when I look at the American public, I go, why do you participate? What contributes to your appetite for this massive lie that's so damaging to American democracy? And I say, well, Fox is good at fanning the flame of racial suspicion into irrational hatred of Democrats. So people say, oh, yep, we, we, we worry that um, black people will be taken care of. And um, when Amanda Gorman read her poem on at Biden's inauguration and the most powerful line for me was um, uh, the word share, had the word share in it, was about those people who would rather fight than share. And that's those people who would rather swallow lies and just be l deceived and, and overlook the crimes of Trump and everything that Republicans do, undermine rural hospitals and undermine public education and sell it off to private interests so that people can profit on the paucity of or, or reduced funding to American school kids. Right. Um, Everything is about privatization for them. Um, you know, schools, um, you know, the post office, the VA. And these are all things that are heavily funded by the government. And when yes. they privatize them, they profit, they break them, they leave them. And then, um, you know, it's up to other people, largely Democrats, to come in then and repair and fix. But they don't get that credit. They don't get the credit for that. Yes. So so what what contributes to this appetite for lies? And is there anything I can do to help puncture this this dynamic and this pattern of of um this relentless buying of this thing? Because because it's there's still a majority of Americans that support good things like public education and and marriage equality and, and all manner of good progressive and Democrat-supported policies. Um, so why does America consent to being often bullied by a minority of powerful, wealthy people? So one answer is they can purchase airtime for themselves, they can own media conglomerates, and Americans need to do more work to um, reduce their own amount of racism and their own susceptibility to buying into false stories because racial prejudice makes you more easily a victim of lies. So there are people who are paid to lie to and deflect the truth from Americans about how the economy works and how privatization actually erodes public good in America. I'm, I'm saying too much stuff, man. I've got to land my plane. <laughs> uh, the, all the work that I see people do on Twitter to spread awareness of American history and the Tulsa massacre and things like that is important work to so that we we understand ourselves better and we don't buy into these explanations that Fox tells and CNBC sometimes sells that like, oh, well, maybe school choice is better. Maybe privatization is better. In no planet is privatization better for Americans, except that it allows white segregation to occur. So only people who are blind to the fact that we all benefit when public education is stronger, when public hospitals are stronger, when we're happy to share with each other. 
We're happy to take care of each other and we're not afraid of welfare queens. We're not afraid of that kind of damaging racism that Reagan, I think, introduced to the national well, not introduced, but Reagan was a powerful promoter of a racist yeah, stereotype. Well, well to- yes, a very racist stereotype because, you know, um, in truth of matter, statistic-wise, um, there are probably greater number of um, whites on the welfare system um, than there are black. There absolutely so, are because, so. <laughs> because there's a large number of white people mm-hmm. on welfare, but they use that fear that that um, and match or that that initial smoldering flame of racial resentment, um, that attachment to unsubstantiated white superiority complex, <laughs> to then hide the fact of yes widespread white dependency on welfare, pretend it's just a black issue, and then undermine support for Democrats by saying Democrats are pandering to people who you can't help them because if you give them a fish, you're not teaching them to fish, and we don't really like those people anyway. That All of that negative, damaging stuff that doesn't just hurt black people in America, but hurts ultimately all Americans because it gives Republicans the power to um, take over the Supreme Court, to to gain minority hold, a foothold in American institutions and then deprive Americans of their rights and the goodness that should come with being a wealthy country. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to land my plane with that and just say I'm here to talk about it and help and and try to motivate myself to write. I have a huge problem with procrastination, but I'm still <laughs> learning and hoping that I can put all that into um writing and help white people do the work that needs to be done for the good of everyone, as well as to remedy the in, the patterns of lingering injustice that are still around with us. Right, Davina. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, and always um, delight to hear you come in um, and share. And I understand about the procrastination. Just keep at it little by little. Um, don't give in uh, to it. I mean, for long. I mean, sometimes we just have to take a break, but um, I'm sending you lots of positive vibes to, uh, you know, get those writing wheels turning again. Certainly always happy to have you share with us and um, your insights from someone um, who has, you know, adopted this country and has a slightly different perspective from which to share, but is certainly able to to see the truth and to dissect things objectively. So thank you very, very much. Um, I've got Ngazi up next. I was waiting. My, soul, uh, my co-host lost her connection. I was trying to give her a moment to see if we could get it back, but if not, we will be wrapping up soon. And I just, like I said, I just want to thank you guys for joining us um, this afternoon here in Advocacy Arena and encourage you as always to share and retweet the space. Ah, she's back. Good. Um, and, um, you know, uh, also remind you to um, join um, the space with Renee and Mark um, uh, happening shortly after this uh, at 415. The link is in the, the Jumbotron. You can um, follow Mark and Renee, if you're not, um, so um, I'm sure it's on their timeline as well, but I think it's probably conversation that you don't want to miss. And uh, this is going to be a great week for conversation. And Tiff, um, she had a tweet um, 
over the weekend and just just kind of a reminder pay you know be careful of the the stuff that you're taking in because it's going to be crazy a lot of crazy things and people are going to be talking and sharing things and be careful of what you um take in what you watch and you know just follow sane uh people and sane conversation and don't get too carried away on on some of this stuff so Again, uh, thanks to Bina. I've got Ngazi up next, and then I'm going to give my fabulous co-host an opportunity to, um, while Ngazi is sharing, she can catch her breath and give her an opportunity to share um, some thoughts with us today. And I know we talked a little bit before. I want you to share, um, amongst other things, um, some examples of some good things that can happen when you have Democrats um, and government who are seeking to improve the quality of life for their citizens. So Ngazi, you're up next, and then I'm going to hear some final thoughts from my co-host before I close this out. Thank you for the opportunity to speak again. Um, and this is definitely more in Danny's wheelhouse, but I wanted to conf- uh, concur with what Davina was saying. Um, and add that the media also doesn't, it's not just that they don't give Democrats credit, they really minimize the efforts that Democrats make in fiscal policy. So yes, they completely ignore the fact that Republicans destroy the economy and Democrats come in and fix it. But even when Democrats are working really hard, like Joe Biden has steered this country out of the worst recession and risk of a major depression um, due to the pandemic, and these people really just act like, oh, it's totally normal what's happened, that people are having like real wage growth. And yes, inflation is a challenge and an issue, but it's not like we're, we're the only people suffering with um, inflation. And it's not as if his administration isn't trying to work on it. But they're not even giving any, I felt like there was no coverage of his um, budget when he released it last week. But where's the Republican budget? Like everyone keep a- kept asking him about like, is he going to sit down with Republicans? Is he going to sit down with Republicans? He's brought his plan. The other people need to bring their plan so you can have a fair negotiation. There's no expectation for these people to do this in good faith and bring their plan. It, it kind of like with you know, the repeal and replace. Like, yeah, we have a better plan. We have a better plan. And how many years down the road are we now? Uh, have yet yeah. to see that. Yeah, here's their plan. <laughs> take more rights and benefits away. Let's not expand access to Medicare and uh, Medicaid in some of these states. And also let's take away Medicare and, and, and uh, some of those benefits so too. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and to go up to what Davina was saying is that like, it's irresponsible because the people who report on finances, it was your job to explain to the rest of us who don't understand finances what's going on. It is your job to explain to us, especially with the bank crisis that we're trying to avert right now. Nobody mentioned how SVB failed because these venture capitalists ran to Twitter to complain about what they were seeing at their bank versus keeping that within themselves. That's what the group chat is for, people. You cost your own bank run. (laughs) No one's holding them accountable for that. No one's talking about how, yes, the Republican version of fixing the um, budget is to take more money out of American people. Joe Biden's is to say, hey, we can also just make more revenue. They want to use the the housing budget as an example. Right. So when I'm shortfalling on my budget in my household, I could reduce my spending or I could make more money. The Democrat version is we're just going to make more money. The Republican version is we're just going to cut everything. 
that's two different opposing views and they should both present their um, project to the American people and the American people decide which one would you rather have. But that's not what they're doing. Instead, it's why won't Joe Biden work with the Republicans? And every time I hear that, I'm like, work with them on what? They're not doing anything. They're not presenting anything. But when Joe Biden actually does something, it's always presented as a negative, even to bailing out the bank, which they didn't bail out the bank. They just secured the right. people's deposits, but, but... was presented as taxpayers. Y'all need to explain what the FBI is <laughs> and tell people what that really is. But they didn't, they didn't do that. I had to go look for that information. That should have been the top paragraph in any article I read about what Janet Yellen and that team had done. You should lead with the FDIC as an insurance company for the banks that the banks pay into. That should not have been buried in the article. So the, it is incredibly irresponsible. These people are purposely diseducating us and uneducating us about our own lives and experiences. But I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And I think it's it's um, important to remind people of that. Um, the same with I remember when President Obama was in office and um, they uh, kept talking about he needs to reach across the aisle. He needs to reach across the aisle. And I mean, it's like, how many times do you have to stick your hand out and get it, you know, slapped away or, you know, um, disrespected to keep reaching your hand out uh, when, you know, they basically had a meeting and pretty much said, um, we're going to block everything. He's not going to be able to do uh, anything. And, you know, very little reporting on that, but it was always, um, he just wasn't reaching out enough, you know, and they even try to do that and say that sometimes with Joe Biden, but they just really can't. I mean, cause, uh, he, he's, he's masterful. He, he's really, really good. His statesmanship, um, you know, the time that he has spent there has served him well. I love, still think about it and smile how he got them to stand up and, it, and, and commit to not taking Social Security and Medicare <laughs> during his State of the Union. I will always love that moment. <laughs> so um, anyway, thank you so very much. Uh, you've all made some very, very wonderful points um, in our conversation today and shared some great resources. So again, uh, check out the Jumbotron and the thread on our space, share, retweet it. I think um, people will find it informative and inspiring and perhaps a bit educational uh, because we want you to stay woke because in the words of Jen Pesky, we're going to let our woke flags fly, you know, because we're going to stay informed, educated and conscious and aware. So again, I just want to thank you all for joining Soul Sister and I today and give her an opportunity to share some final thoughts with us before we close out. Thank you guys so much. And I'm sorry for dropping out. I was in Twitter. Don't apologize. You're okay. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I I know I missed some things, but, um, you know, I just, I just want to say that it's great being back. And uh, it's these kind of conversations that um, make Twitter uh, successful for me. Uh, and, and, something that I look forward to and it's based on uh, 
the people who are in this space right now and who, who are constantly trying to contrib- contribute um, knowledge and, and, and facts and even laughs. I love it. And I appreciate being here with you guys in this fight for democracy. Um, I learn something new um, nearly every single, well, yeah, I would say every single space uh, information is given that I wasn't quite aware of and 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 I appreciate that and um I, I'm I'm just happy to be a part of this collective community so thank you so much and um I hope everybody has a great day I'm looking forward to this four o'clock space uh I think it's going to be fire thank you Thank you again. And uh, yeah, I just keep butchering Jen's name because I have a friend who has butchered it. And it's like, you know how you, you, you know how to pronounce something once and when you've heard it so bad, you keep doing it. So please forgive me, everyone. Uh, but she's dynamite. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to check out her show. Um, and I am just going to leave you with what I hope are some inspiring words that um, I like to share Um, in our spaces to remind us that, you know, we have had to fight for a very, very long time to obtain um, some of the rights um, and privileges that we are able to enjoy today. And they are working so hard to take them away. Um, But to just uh, encourage us um, to Stay hopeful, not give up. Um, And I find hope in these words from the late great representative, John Lewis, and they are. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I just want to thank you all for being great trouble, good troublemakers and encourage you to continue um, doing that um, here um, in um, on social media, in the Twitter spaces and Twitter streets and in real life. It matters. And we have a lot of things that we need to be um making noise um, and causing good trouble. Um, The uh, wonderful um, Senator uh, Cory Booker had a great um, quote of um, John Lewis to amplify his good trouble message and um, saying that, um, you know, when we see some injustice, when we see something wrong, um, we need to uh, work to, to fix that and to correct that. And I know in these spaces, the community that um, I am engaged with um, and that supports me, I know that that's what we do. We, we call out, you know, these uh, injustices and we seek to find solutions um, to overcome them. And we, we make a lot of noise around it. So I, wanna, I just wanna encourage you guys to keep making noise and uh, to uh, join us in um, Renee, and Mark's space later today where we'll be making some more noise and we'll be talking about, um, you know, some of the legal aspects of the cases and things that are pending against the former guy. So I just want to leave you all with peace and blessings until we see you again in the next space. And do check out uh, the interviews that I have done with uh, Donna and Danny 
and in Ghazi. I'm going to try to kind of move those up on my timeline and just kind of give you um, a heads up because on Friday, I should be having another space um, and we're going to focus and feature uh, these ladies and in Ghazi, we're going to talk about, um, you know, education, the push that um, the assault that is is taking place and we'll talk about some other things too but that's certainly going to be featured in our conversation on friday so look forward to you guys joining us there and as i said leave you with peace and blessings um for the rest of the day and the week be careful keep your head on a swivel and um take care see you around peace out